and welcome to the Creative Christians Chat Show. I'm Brendan Conboy, the dog in the pod. This show is bursting with creative stories, ideas and inspiration with a Christian perspective. So let's get on with the show. And uh, once again, I have another special, they're all special, my guests, but I have another special guest with me today. She was born in Dublin, but lives in Wales. Uh, she's a storyteller, a published author. She's a, a fellow podcaster. She, she produces a podcast called Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. And I, I love that title. Uh, <laughs> she's a, also a presenter on UCB Radio Ireland. She's interviewed me before. So please welcome Anne-Marie Miles. Hello, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brendan. Lovely to be here. Thank you for That's inviting great, me. Great having you here. But, um, so we know each other through through the Association of Christian Writers. That's don't we? right, chat. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're Facebook friends. Yes. Yeah. And we've chatted quite a lot. <laughs> we have. We have. Yeah. 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 It's been it's really, really good to to get to know you. In fact, the Association of Christian Writers is a is a great pool of such a range of writers at different ages and stages yeah. and it's uh, it's been great i've made some really great connections uh yourself included uh, through the <laughs> acw it's it's absolutely been wonderful over the last few years to be involved so uh you know, any any christian writers out there you don't have to be a member of the association to be a member of the facebook group you can come along and join in the the discussion so yeah, it's really it's been really great, yeah. And that's one of the great things that you can just join in without being a member. Mm. I love that. But becoming yeah. a member, you actually get loads of other benefits as well. Yes, absolutely. You, yeah. <laughs> you actually you you have a role with the ACW, don't you? Yes, I'm on the committee at the moment. I'm um publicity and social media officer. Right. So uh, the bulk of what I do is is manage the social media accounts and try and keep them populated with information that uh, you know, that is helpful for Christian writers and helpful for our members, but also, you know, Christian writers across the UK and beyond. There's a lot of um, overseas members as well as part yeah. of the association and the group. And uh, but I, I also um, kind of look out, I kind of keep an eye on the Facebook group. And sometimes I have to go in and remind people that there are certain topics that we keep to and certain topics that we don't. So sometimes, yeah. I, you know, I could be a bit mis uh, perceived as Mrs. Trunchbull, you know, uh, <laughs> going with my uh, my stick. But uh, it's just to keep it, you know, to keep it on message, to keep the group on message. Yeah. And then we have a wonderful team who look after our Twitter. Uh, so all I do is just put a rota together and off they go and they they do it in turns. Um, making sure that the blog, the Association of Christian Writers blog post gets out there and just engaging in discussions on Christian writing uh, on Twitter as well. So it's um, so we're on Instagram and we're building our profile on Pinterest and we're on Facebook as a group and as a page. So there's plenty going on. And of course, this is the Jubilee year. So this, yeah. it's a busy year. We've got a big event coming up in June with Adrian and Bridget Plass and Paul Carenza and so, some amazing speakers. It's going to be, it's a great year. Yeah. yeah. So. Great. Okay. Um, we're in a, a series of uh, creative, being creative in brokenness. Mm. 
Uh, and I've just been so humbled by some of the stories that I've heard from people. And, and I've only recently uh, found out about your story. Uh, yeah. and, and you haven't actually revealed the whole story to me yet. I don't like to have whole stories revealed before we, we chat like this. Um, because I want it as it is fresh, you know, yeah. uh, and so the so the the listeners get it fresh, as well. Um, so before we get stuck into your your story, which is quite a tough story of brokenness, mm-hmm. I just want to pray for you because because uh, it is a difficult thing to do to share yeah. to share that sort of thing. So, Lord, I just pray now for for Anne Marie. Lord, I pray that you will that you will lead her as she uh, shares the story of, of her, well, the, this story that is, makes her so vulnerable. Um, and we are all vulnerable, but in different ways. But Lord, I just pray now that you will strengthen her, you will lift her up, and you will fill her mouth with the words to say, the words that people are, that are listening to this need to hear. So okay. I pray that now in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. So this is uh, the creative Christian chat show. And uh, so everybody that comes on here is, is creative and they're uh-huh. Christians. So the first thing I like to, to ask people is because a lot of people don't understand what being a Christian is. So the first thing I like to ask is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian? And, and I, how, think, uh... I was going to say, and how is it important in your creativity? So I think for me, I uh, the way I sum it up is that all my life I have known about God, but it was only when I became a Bible believing Christian at 22 years of age that I realized I couldn't know God. And I was raised in a Roman Catholic family and uh, the, the faith was very important in my family life, in my parents' life, it was really important to them. Uh, so I went to mass. I had my first Holy Communion and my confirmation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, uh, so I knew about God. Christmas for us was just the crib was just as important as the Christmas tree. Um, and, you know, all of the uh, offices and prayers were really important to my parents. And I believe that I, I, there are, a couple of moments that I look back and think I know God was trying to speak to me in that moment There's a couple of very small kind of incidents where when I look back, I think, yeah, you were I know you were you were trying to get to <laughs> trying to get to me. But as I said, the way I put it is I knew about him, but I didn't realize I could know him. It was um not long after I became a Christian, I had a conversation with an older relative in the family. And I was trying to explain to her that I had a relation, you know, she felt that I had left the family faith. And I was saying, no, I, I you know, I've gotten closer to God. I have a, yeah. a relationship with God. Yeah. And she felt that I was being presumptuous. <laughs> How dare I presume to get directly to God because there were things you had to go through and people you had to go through to get to. Yeah. <laughs> and I had learned that I don't have to go through anybody no. because in Jesus, I have full access to God. And, you know, it came in my life where I was a very heavy drinker. I was in really kind of negative and dysfunctional relationships. And mm. it came in my life where I just suddenly realized this, I, this is not a life. I'm not living. No. I might be living, but I'm not living a life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so and it didn't impact my creativity for a long time. Maybe yeah. maybe the Lord had other things he wanted to do in and through me before then. I didn't start writing till 10 years ago, till I turned 40. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at the beginning, it wasn't I think he was taking me through my paces, trying to get me to the stage where I understood what real, you know, amazing grace is. And in some ways, that relative of mine was right. It is presumptuous, mm. but I'm still allowed to do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still allowed. It is an audacious thing to think I have a direct connection yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. It is audacious. Yeah. But in Jesus, it's possible, you know. So Absolutely. she wasn't wrong in that sense. Um, <laughs> and it made me realize what a precious, precious thing I had and I have that I continue to have. So, yeah, so that I was 22. Yeah. And I had some, you know, you, you kind of have the first few years of being a Christian where, you know, one minute you're elated at your freedom. And then the next minute you realize that you've so much to learn and <laughs> you trip up and make mistakes. And I went two steps forward, one step back. And yeah. But it wasn't until much more recently that God started to deal with the real deep, deep, deep issue, which is where the creativity sprang out of. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I think creativity springs out of brokenness as well. Yeah, I mean, I was creative before. Uh, I mean, my, I was broken in my childhood, but so, so I've been creating for my whole life, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that uh, you say twenty-two. Uh, you you have a you had a revelation sort of yeah. period then, uh, and it's interesting that your your relatives couldn't handle it. I had exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them struggled with it. It took, you know, my parents a long time to uh, not so much my dad. He, there were certain things he was worried about. Like when I got married, I got married in St. Mark's in Pier Street, St. Mark's Church in Pier Street. And my pastor, uh, he was my first ever pastor, Richard Nugent of Bethel um, Christian Center. I think they were called at the time Bethel Christian Center. Yeah. And uh, he married us. And my father was worried that I wouldn't really be married. <laughs> so there were, you know, that because I wasn't being married, you know, and he was really yeah. concerned because he, he wanted to, he didn't want me living a life with Richard if I wasn't really married. So there were significant moments that I had to, I mean, my dad had an acquired brain injury. So there was a complication right. there anyway. So yeah. explaining things to him. But uh, yeah, my, my mom really struggled. She really struggled with it. But mm. bit by bit over the years, I I hope that she saw a change. And when she met Richard and Richard's family, she loved Richard. Her and Richard were great pals when she was yeah. alive. Yeah. So I think she did come to realize that I that it was a good thing for me. So Richard is your husband, yeah. I'm assuming. Yes, sorry. Yes. Richard is my husband. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> I Richard Nugent, who was my pastor, yeah. and Richard Miles, who was my husband. So, you okay. know, <laughs> not so at you, all confusing. Yeah, you didn't marry your pastor. <laughs> oh, so, of course. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes, sorry. Richard, my pastor, and Richard, my husband. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's, let's move on to that difficult subject of brokenness that, yeah. uh, and, and the things that you've been through. I mean, you've told me a, a, a few things, but um, let's, let's tell the listeners now. Yeah, I think, well, it's a problem that I, uh, an issue that I always had that I always remember having, but I, it didn't kind of come into focus until uh, we got married in 2000. And I was, you know, in my late 20s, Richard was in his um, early 30s. So we wanted to start a family straight away. It had taken us long enough to find each other. And um, 
we it, nothing happened and then nothing happened and then we were like okay maybe there's something wrong so i went and i found out that i had um uh, through numerous tests and back and forth i found out that i had endometrial cancer so pretty straight away um there was talk of a hysterectomy and i was like whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa hang on hang on hang on hang on i am the youngest of eight children i have 27 nieces and nephews it's my turn to have a baby thank you very much how old were you then I was 30. 30. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we were two, just, we were two years married. We weren't even yeah. two years married when I had surgery. Yeah. yeah. And the consultant was looking at me saying, if you, if you want me to, she said, I'm not, you know, you won't, you won't die of this if I take it away now. But if I don't take it away now, I, I can't guarantee. And so Richard's looking at me going, I don't, I don't care. I want you So go have, you know, go have the surgery for him. It was a no brainer for me. It was, you know, much yeah. more difficult. I was like, well, you know, how long could I risk it? Is there any way? And we talked about freezing eggs. We talked about surrogacy, you know, and I yeah. all the time. No, sorry. We didn't talk about it. the consultant talked about it. all the time. I'm going, no, 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 no. I want to. So <clears throat> I, in 2002, uh, um, a month and a half before our second wedding anniversary, I had a complete radical hysterectomy and we were living in the UK at the time. And I was so angry with God. I was so angry with God because all the time that I was sick and coming up to the surgery, I was thinking, you're going to do something amazing. You're going to do a big miracle. And my whole family are going to fall on their knees and surrender to you because you are going to do this big. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. It's going to be the, you know, it's going to be, like a Johnny Erickson Tata Curry Tambourine story. And it, and it wasn't me. I didn't want, you know, so I wanted this epic tale of God's hand, miraculous hand. And... No. no. So in a way it is a Curry Tambourine and a John, Johnny Erickson Tata story because I went through all the, you know, no more than anybody else's is. I think all of our stories of brokenness, they are all, some people get you know, get to write books that the whole world hears about. But we all, all of us who suffer brokenness, go through it. We, very few of us get plucked out. Yeah. But we are all brought through it. Yeah. So I was 30. I was childless in, you know, and we we did uh, investigate adoption. That didn't work out for us. So I was absolutely, definitely childless. And I basically reverted to what I always did when I was sad and I started to eat. Yeah. Now I had been a comfort eater and a compulsive eater for as long as I can remember. I always turned to food always for even, I remember being a little girl and sneaking into the kitchen because my mother had eight children. Now a lot of them were adults or, you know, and the older ones were married, but still there was a lot of people in the house. So there wasn't a spare piece of bread when everybody had to have a lunch. So I remember trying to get in. I remember just wanting food I remember uh, hiding food uh, scurrying it up the stairs to have it later I've done that for as long as I can remember Mm. but I suddenly I didn't realise it was an issue I was very overweight for uh, you know my 20s and 30s and I didn't realise how reliant I was until after the hysterectomy but now I had an excuse. I can't have children. So don't you tell me that I can't eat another Mars bar. 
I'm devastated. Yeah. <laughs> and it does, it's, it's ridiculous, but that is the position I locked myself into. That's Don't your mindset. Yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. This makes me happy. So yeah. you don't want to make me happy? Yeah. You don't love me? Yeah. You know, and I, poor Richard, he he got, got to the stage where he couldn't say a word to me because I was brokenhearted, inconsolable, cross with God, angry with the whole world, but putting on this, you know, God is good and God is sovereign. Yeah. And yeah. praise the Lord in all circumstances. You know, had to, felt I had to put that front on it. And yeah. meanwhile at home, was eating 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 yeah and the my highest ever recorded weight was just under 24 stone and that was 10 oh. years ago wow. um and i was huge and uncomfortable and hilarious and it didn't matter because i was so funny and the life and soul of the party and who cares big deal no biggie you know and i was in a panic trying to make everybody believe that it didn't matter and I didn't care and I had a husband and he loved me and what did it matter and blah 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 so it was around that time that I started writing I started right. to blog yeah around that time so that was 10 years ago I started to blog and I started a blog about food and I blogged and then I didn't blog and then I went back to it no I'm back again and yeah I've that that stone I lost well I've put that back on and da 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 and so this went on and on and on. And in 2017, so now we are five years ago. Yeah. I was following, kind of secretly following a couple of people in America who had lost their weight long term, you know, lost a lot of weight and kept it off long term. And I remember reading a blog one day and I'm paraphrasing, but roughly she said, you can't do this to yourself anymore. You have to stop and turn around and start to go back the other way. You can't do You need to stop doing this to yourself. Yeah. You are, you are not soothing yourself with food. You are punishing yourself with food. Look at yourself. This isn't medicine. It's hard though, isn't it? To it's go poison. back the other way. It's hard yeah. to, to stop. Yeah. But, but it was, like that i was awake all right okay i was awake and i thought oh my goodness i am killing myself so i was still quite i'm not sure i don't think i was 24 stone at that stage i don't i'd kind of gone between 20 and 24 stone back and forth back and forth you know 22 24 20 you know uh losing weight for three months four months whatever and that was it that I so I started walking and I literally would walk out the door, set a timer on my watch for 10 minutes. And when the timer went, I would turn around and walk home. And that's where I started. And I bit by bit, I gave up sugar in my coffee, which still five years later. <laughs> <laughs> still a struggle. Oh, gosh, it's still a struggle. I broke yeah. up my dysfunctional relationship with Haribo jellies. Uh. I used to say, I used to say, I used to say I'm in an adulterous relationship with Haribo jellies because I think I love them more than I love Richard. I was addicted to Haribo and it's just sugar and water. That's all yeah. it is and a bit of food coloring. Yeah. <laughs> so I broke up with Haribo and um, but all joking aside, I, I grieved. Yeah. I grieved. Grieved um, sugar. Sweetness. I grieved yeah. it like yeah. a loss, like a friend of mine 
had said that they didn't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. I grieved it because it made me feel better. It made me feel good. It took away the shame and the pain and that the hole in, inside me that I just needed to fill and didn't know what to fill it with. And of course, we all know what to fill that gap inside us, don't we? We know what that is. <laughs> we fill it with the Lord. But yeah. I just... So, yeah, so I did. I grieved and I was in very bad form because the sugar keeps you, you know, so I was in in bad form. But but the walking and the exercise helped and I started to increase that. And then I stopped the time where I would just walk. And then and I had lived where I live for a couple of years at the time. I walked for about 20 minutes and I got to the not even 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And I got to the entrance of a park. Right. And there's this massive, gigantic park, like 15 minutes from my doorstep that I didn't even know was there. I'd lived there a couple of years. I didn't even know it was there. And that's where we go walking now. Like, it's like our back garden. It's a huge, beautiful park that there's loads of different paths. You can go, be a bit like going to Marley Park. There's paths everywhere and you can go here, there and everywhere. So, um, so yeah. So, and as God started to deal with the food, and the, and the why of me eating it and, and using it to medicate myself, to soothe myself, to make myself feel better. As he started to address that, I started to write about it. Yeah. But I couldn't. Amazing. Yeah. I just I, and I started to write the story right. of all of the excuses that I used, you yeah. know, like the, the boyfriend who ditched me and. Uh, you know the the surgery the the failed adoption attempt I was overweight getting married you know the, yeah. all of this it's not like I was you know 10 stone getting married and then I put all the weight because I couldn't have children it's just I found ways to say oh that's the reason why I eat too much and you can't tell me not to because I'm sad um, and I suddenly realized that God wanted to get right in there and deal with that thing that was making me turn to food instead of him for comfort and he did that through writing and he did it through writing and I wrote the story and 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 then when I got to the end of it I did talk to a publisher about it and he felt it needed a lot of work which which it did it was a basic first draft and then we went into lockdown and I found lockdown really really difficult to read and write in lockdown I've had kind of probably three incidences of very deep depression mm-hmm. uh, in my life. And one of them was just before the start of lockdown. I went into a season where I was really um, and I've worked out now if I overschedule myself and I'm too busy and I don't give myself time and space to think and walk, I do uh, get myself into a bit of a state. So when the lockdown started, I was already in my own emotional lockdown. And when I came out, when I was starting to come out of that after a few months, I couldn't write and I couldn't read. But I had already this first draft of, of the thing written and, and I started to do a social media course. And one of the modules of the social media course was, was um, not the modules, one of the kind of um, training uh, manuals had a podcast in it. Yeah. And I thought, well, I could talk. Yeah. <laughs> I could def- definitely talk. <laughs> Um, so that's where the podcast came from. I took the raw material from the book yeah. and started to record episodes of the podcast. 
So it's just uh, episode 25 and it's weekly and it's uh, episode 25 just went out this week. And that's so. called Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. That's right. That's a great title. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, the words are I bring in some of my writing and uh, the fact that it's to do with, you know, just talking and, and chatting. The wobbles are both physical wobbles and uh, emotional wobbles. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. so, so looking into being somebody who has been overweight for a long time yeah. and probably will never be, you know, I'll probably always be battling my weight. I, you know, it would be wonderful if I lost it all and kept it all off, but I have been very overweight for a very long time. And what I wanted to do was speak into not be the podcast for those who have lost all the weight, but be the podcast for those who will are, are going through the battle and pressing on and pressing on and and keeping going and sometimes you'll win and sometimes you'll lose but what I did all through my life was when I got to a hard point I threw in the towel (laughs) I was it and then I put all the weight back on yeah and then another stone what if I could keep going and even if I never lose another pound what if I could stay the way I am now yeah and maybe lose a bit more and I was thinking, I, I need somebody. I need somebody to help me do that. And then I thought, well, why can't I be the person who helps me do that? Yeah, and helps you, maybe other people do that. And in doing that, you help yourself as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because now it challenges me then to, to <laughs> yeah. be honest about the, the yeah. bad days and to be yeah. honest about when I completely failed. And, um, you know, Christmas was interesting because Richard ended up having COVID. So we were locked uh. down. So all the food we had bought because we were going places and people were coming to us. We yeah. just sat we free spent 10 days just eating all the food <laughs> that was in the house. And I had done this podcast thing before Christmas about now. Listen, we're going to, you know, we're going to be, we're going to have common sense, and we're not going to let the celebrations box rule our lives. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, we're going to. <laughs> I had to come back after Christmas and go right. Remember before Christmas, I said that we. Were I don't know what you did, but I went absolutely mental and fell off the so. wagon. <laughs> but what I had always done before was oh that's it that's the end of it sick of it no no. but now i just go right that's it back we start again we say i put on 10 pound over christmas well we start again we started 10 pound yeah i think i did the same yeah do you know what i mean but we start again and this is what the podcast is about it's about why can't we just keep going whatever we do whether we put on food whether we sorry whether we put on weight or lose weight um, you know, no food guilt. No, oh, oh, yeah. I shouldn't. I, I should. No, you are you. No, 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 no. You know, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't. I mustn't. I shouldn't. I mustn't. Make a decision. Either eat it or don't eat it, and move <laughs> on. There's too much food guilt. There's too much food shame. I it- ate in private because I didn't want people to see uh, how much I enjoyed eating. There's I a sort that. There's a song by Chum, Chumba Wumba. It's called, I, well, it's, I don't know what it's called, but the words are, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and that's what you're, you're, you're saying there. Yeah. But when, yeah. when, you're, when you're eating problems, I would say eating disorder uh, yeah. um, knocks you down. Yeah. You get back up into, in the yes. fight. 
again. Yeah. Not, you you know, just get up and start again. Yeah. yeah. Because I had made it the tomb of the forbidden subject. Do not approach <laughs> the tomb of the forbidden subject. Do not talk about my weight. Do not talk about my food. Do not talk about it. And I realized back in 2017 that God wanted me to talk about it. And he wanted me to let other people talk about it. People were worried about me and concerned about me and wanted to help me yeah. i equated people wanting to talk about my eating to you do not love me if you do not want me to eat this mars bar yeah that's quite oh, common yeah, yeah. yeah but i he you know he and now it's it is open season on the subject yeah. and that's what the podcast is about yeah and so the words and the wobbles and the wisdom is I try and bring in God's wisdom. I bring in verses. I've talked about fullness and, you know, portion, you know, God talks about being our portion. What does that really mean? Yeah. And I've talked about, you know, do not worry. And so I, it's not a Christian podcast in that sense, but the wisdom, I try to bring in some biblical wisdom into it yeah. um, because that's what helps me. That's what helps me to keep going. So yeah. that's, that's where the name came from. So. I'm just going to sum up your journey there because, um, you know, if people hadn't haven't really cottoned on, you you went through well a, a situation of cancer. Yeah, uh, uh, made you fall into a depressive state. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the having the hysterectomy, the loss of yeah. children, uh, the the depressive state led to a eating disorder. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wouldn't call. Eat, um, eating too much eating excessively an eating yeah. disorder they think that yeah. it's not eating enough but it's an eating disorder and, oh absolutely yeah and, and compulsive overeating is it is yeah. recognized and you've yeah. been in and out of that depressive state yes. using yeah. food as your yeah. crutch yeah uh, and um and i hope there's people listening to this that can relate and understand that you know i've been through similar um, yeah. but, but I haven't found the answer yet. You've given people the answer. You're, you're, you're telling people the answer. Um, yeah. You know, creativity is, is a way of, of trying to get yourself out of that, that place that you're in, that darkness that you're in of brokenness. And, and, and the ultimate answer is God, obviously, yeah. for, for us as Absolutely. Christians. Um, yeah. But what would you say to people that are in that place that, that, to encourage them to get creative, to become the creative being that they, that God intended them to be. I would I would say if it's if it's in you, if you really believe it's in you, then the first thing you have to do is let it come out. And I think this is it's quite nerve nerve wracking to do that. I mean, I was hesitant to write the book. I didn't want to write. I was <sighs> I felt ashamed of my eating and my weight. I didn't want to write it down for in case somebody saw it, you know. But I think if there is something in you that you, you know, um, you know, there is the practical things that you hear about, or you can't edit a blank page. You won't know if your story is any good till you get it on the page. And that's the practical answer to that. But the deeper answer is that if there is something in there and you feel that you want to share it, then you have, you know, you, you have to let it out. You can let it out just between you and yourself and God, whether you record it vocally, write it, paint yeah. it. Um, sing it whatever it is dance it you know yeah. whatever it is but I think allow it to come out yeah. because then you can see 
what it is and what the potential of it is. And the next step is, and this is where you kind of need God to give you the gumption and the courage to do it is to begin to share it, to let, and, you know, be care, you know, be wise in who you share it with at first. Um, and, and just see as you kind of respond to that nudging that God has given you, let him then open the doors because I thought I was writing a book. Yeah. and maybe the book will come to be it's just it's this isn't the season for the book this is the season for the podcast I'm convinced of it so it, it took me in a direction I didn't think I'd be going so let God open the doors but I think if he is giving you that nudge let that creativity come out in whatever way feels most comfortable to you and just see what God does with it yeah you know you think of the little boy the the, the five thousand people all looking for something <laughs> to eat and what bravery does that little guy go? Yeah, I've got a bit of bread and a bit of fish. <laughs> Look what Jesus did with that. Yeah. yeah, Jesus took what that child was willing to to say. Well, I've got this, you know. Yeah. Jesus took it and fed a multitude with multitudes left over. Yeah, you know he can do even with the tiniest thing that we have. I think if we give it to him and say, "Listen, this is all I have," but if you can do something with it, Lord, then you do it. Yeah. And just watch what he does. And everybody's got a, a pen and a piece of paper. Absolutely. <laughs> like Absolutely. that little boy with the bread and the fishes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, 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 that, that sharing your, your writing with other people, that mm. really is cathartic. I, I'm, a, I'm a poet. And when I write a poem, the first time I read it to somebody, I, I often just burst into tears. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Because there's a release on, yeah. in, the, in what you write yeah. when you share what you, what you write there is a release and a, and a kind of cleansing as well yeah. so I, you know, yeah. I would recommend Absolutely. poetry to anybody but just get creative yeah just yeah. Al- just allow it to come out and see see what happens yeah and just you know just keep asking God to lead and guide and, and open the right doors and put the right people in front of you and uh, and just see what he wants to do you know, yeah. and it may be that all he wants to do is allow you to heal through you expressing what you're doing. And that's yeah. fine. Oh, for others, he might have other plans and it, you know, but just let him do what he wants to do. And he, he does, as always, he he always leads us by calm waters, you know, and green grass. He doesn't lead us to, to noisy, uncomfortable places. He leads us to the places that will fill and refresh us. That's where he leads us to. So, yeah. Lovely. I like that picture. Mm. <laughs> so what's your next goals? What, what, what's the vision for Anne-Marie Miles? Oh, well, I would love my uh, my what I would love to do is to be able to speak on the subject of weight and faith. That's what I would love to do yeah. um, to to you know, speak at meetings. And, um, you know, I have a big dream. I have a big TEDx dream. I would yeah. love <laughs> You know, I'd love to do a TEDx talk. I'd love to talk at Spring Harvest. Yeah. Um, you know, I was raised by a man who, by a man who wanted us to perform. I'm, I'm very confident in front of a group of people. I've never had a problem with that. But yeah. I don't want to do it so that I can stand on a stage. I was in a hole. I was in a cave of shame and weight and guilt. And I was exhausted by it, trying to make everybody believe I was okay. And I believe that there are some of us who will always wrestle with weight. But it doesn't have to be this dreadful, dreadful story. It can actually be something 
that we are positive about and open about. And that's that's what I would love to speak into, that there is hope. Yeah, there is hope because not all of us will lose 10 stone and keep 10 stone off. <laughs> there are people who do it, but most of us don't. Most of us just plow through losing a bit and try not to put it back on. Yeah. And that's my tribe. <laughs> that's my choice you know those who who probably will have a long have had and will have a long-term struggle so that's my that's my my dream and it took me a long time to be able to say that out loud without going <laughs> yeah but yeah that, you know that's what i feel would be the next like i'm 50 this year and uh, 10 years ago the writing started and i'm just asking the lord if maybe this might be opportunity for the podcast to open yeah. out some opportunities for me to speak to particularly women but not just women to to people who struggle with food particularly christians but not only christians but particularly those because because we're christians you see there's a it's like there's an added layer of shame because we should be obeying yeah. those laws and those uh, you know the the gluttony stuff and the looking after this you did you not know your body is a temple oh god sorry <laughs> so there's a little extra layer of guilt uh, for us as believers because we have been given this temple and i have not been looking for it. like i apologize to god and to myself oh lord i'm so sorry yeah. my joints are aching my knees are you know me and my husband went for a walk this morning my knees are killing me you know but i'm on a journey now to try and right some of that wrong and keep going no matter yeah. what keep going Good. yeah he gave me a wonky temple, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, it still so, works. You know, yeah, well, that's it. That's it. You know, we've got, uh, you know, I know of people who suffer with extreme fatigue and would love to go for a walk in the park, but yeah. it takes them an hour to get washed and dressed. And I'm thinking, I'm not like that. Yeah, I'm not walking in the park because I'd rather sit on the sofa. That that that's not right. You know, no. so I. I should be able to I should be able to do what I can with what I have. And that's my goal, you know, to do. How, how can people get hold of you? Uh, so I have a website, uh, annemariemiles.co.uk. Uh, so it's Anne-Marie, all one word with no E in the and, no space, no hyphen, annemariemiles.co.uk. I'm Ammo Writing on social media, A-M-O Writing. The podcast is Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, and you can get it on uh, Spotify and Apple, or you can listen to it straight off the website. Uh, there's a mailing list as well. You get a free low-carb biscuit recipe if you sign up to the mailing list. And, uh, yeah, so just search for Ammo Writing. Yeah, you can find me on, online. Ammo Writing. Yeah. Great. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll end it with, with prayer. Uh, Lord, I thank you for, for Anne-Marie's honesty uh, and her, her ability to, to, to open up and make herself vulnerable, to tell the story of her life and to tell the, the journey of where you've brought her to. And Lord, to, to share that vision as well of where she hopes to be. You give us hopes and dreams. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you will open up opportunities for her to, 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 to be able to get out there and share her story more uh, and to empower uh, other people that are in the situation that she's been through and going and is still going through, still dealing yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, Lord, if there's people that are listening to this and, and uh, just haven't really got it yet, that, that I just, I'm just thinking about what, what Jesus said. And he said, 
come unto me all who are weary and I will give you strength and and Lord you've done that for Anne-Marie you give her the strength through the weariness of the depressive state and eating disorder and all the struggles that she's been through and you've used her in such a creative way I pray Lord that you will just continue to bless her and everything that she does now in your name Jesus Amen. amen 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 Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Christians Chat Show. It's been great having you here with me today. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. I'm Brendan Conboy and you can find me at brendanconboy.co.uk where you can buy me a cup of coffee if you like to support me and my creative work. Follow me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. For now though, God bless and goodbye.